Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Tuesday afternoon, everyone. Tyler Harridge here with you for today's VRA Investing Podcast. Well, it was an eventful morning uh, on an economic note for our markets. Uh, futures were mixed going into the session this morning ahead of the June Consumer Price Index Report, the CPI. And after we got a much higher than expected print, we got some selling pressure into the open. Our markets did flip a little bit after the open. I'll get to that here more in a second. But first, let's talk about this CPI number. Uh, core inflation rose again for uh, for the sixth time this year. Every month this year so far, it has gone up. Inflation rose 4.5% in June, taking the headline CPI number to 5.4%. Uh, really... Pretty incredible that they really let these numbers out at this rate. Because <laughs> as as many of you probably know, the CPI really isn't a great gauge of inflation. It's just what mainstream economists, Federal Reserve analysts, those kinds of people use this. It really has very little to almost no bearing on the inflation that you see in your actual everyday life that everyday Americans are dealing with. And when it comes in at a high number like this, it is even a little more worrisome because it's a lagging indicator. These are numbers from last month. And so since then, we have seen commodity prices falling, uh, including copper and and silver and gold, uh, lumber back to flat on the year, as Kip talked about yesterday. But that doesn't necessarily mean that real inflation has slowed. Because like I, I was just saying, CPI does not take into account real everyday costs that every day, every American deals with. Things like healthcare, education, rent, and, and home prices, which how that isn't in there is insane. Uh, groceries, uh, elder care, insurance, all of these things and a whole list of other things that we have to spend on consistently year in and year out, at least to some level, those things aren't in there. So again, the fact that this report was higher than expected really does mean that inflation is even higher than, than the Fed is, is saying that it is. But most people who pay attention to this know that it, it, it's really, uh, it's a farce, but this is, these are the numbers that they use. Um, so, if you've been tuning in with us here, though, you do know, or, or possibly you know, that we do agree with the Fed in some sense that inflation will be transitory, at least on the metrics that they look at. Uh, and while we will continue to see inflation showing up here and there, we've got a ways to go before we hit that hyperinflation type of a situation like the Weimar Republic. Um, I did a piece on that a few months back, but... Essentially, they printed money into oblivion for 10 years. And so when people think about that time period, you think about hyperinflation for 10 years. Well, that really wasn't the case. The first nine years were essentially a party. Inflation was up, yes, but there was so much money flowing through the system. uh, It wasn't that bad until the end. That's when it became so bad, when you couldn't buy bread with a grocery cart full of 
cash, of their cash at the time, I'm blanking on the name of it. Um, so yes, in the short term, inflation is going to continue looking higher. But again, we do agree with the Fed that to some extent it will be transitory. And really, on that note, one of the best hedges you can have in the early stages of inflation like this is being invested in the stock market. Inflation helps with corporate earnings. It, it helps infl- really inflate the stock market, right? Because the dollars are worth less, so therefore the market is worth more. Um, and what we recommend to our clients is being invested in the market and taking some of those returns and buying assets, hard assets like precious metals and the miners, not just the paper ETFs that are out there, real estate, whatever your preference of choices on those hard assets. Um, the, the story goes that after the Weimar Republic, a single ounce gold coin could have basically bought you a block in primetime real estate uh, in Germany at the time. So for our full view on you know what our take is on inflation, how to profit from it in the short term because it's happening, a lot of it out of our control, come and join us for two free weeks at VRAinsider.com. Come and see more of our take on it. Send us questions anytime as well. Uh, we got a two free week trial right now going on on VRAinsider.com. So we'd love to have you with us. And again, send all your questions into us as well. We'd love, uh, love your feedback. Please keep it coming. Thank you. It's always beneficial. Then also to start off this morning, we got the start of big names reporting Q2 earnings. I think before today, there was something like 18 companies that had reported no major big names. They had all crushed though, but today really kicks it off. And as per usual, kicks off with the big banks, JP Morgan and Goldman Sachs, both reporting solid earnings beats above estimates this morning. And that folks is just a taste of things to come as we see it here for Q2 earnings. Q2 earnings are absolutely going to crush expectations, just like we saw in Q1, and especially the way that you look at it on the year-over-year numbers. We all know what happened in Q2 of last year. Coronavirus insanity was essentially at its peak, especially for uh, taking down earnings with it. But so far, earnings per share estimates are expected to beat last year's Q2 earnings by 56%. We think that, we happen to think that that number comes in at at least 80%. That's our take. Uh, And when that happens, we expect that it'll take the market a whole lot higher with it. Not like we saw after Q1, where we had a little bit of a buy the rumor, sell the news. Everybody knew Q1 earnings were going to crush from last year. It's exactly what happened. So we got a little bit of a buy the rumor, sell the news event. And I think probably that has a lot to do with the current sentiment in the market right now. Investors are fearful. Uh, maybe it's a little bit because they saw what happened after Q1 earnings and expect a similar story after Q2 earnings. Well, there's a few reasons why we think that's not the case here and that we really have a perfect recipe for a big move higher right here. And some of those include for the for the last six weeks, we've really only seen the mega cap stocks holding up our indexes. The FANG names, a lot of those were up earlier in the session today. Some closed down though, but you have you know Apple hitting an all time high, um, Amazon hitting an all time high. It did finish lower, but great early in the session. 
Google hitting an all-time high. So again, the mega caps are continuing to lead here. They are hitting overbought levels. And so that provides a perfect opportunity for the rotation. Again, these mini rotations we've been talking about all year here. And for an example, the, the percentage of S&P 500 companies above their 50-day moving average right now dropped over the same period that I'm talking about that the mega caps have rallied from 92% of stocks over their 50-day moving average to just 56% above their 50-day moving average. Now, there's still a significant amount above their 200-day moving average, and for us here, that's the big one. Uh, but as earnings come in, and they come in with big beats, and many of these names are now oversold even, we expect these companies to resume their move higher. And again, like I said a second ago, investor sentiment is so low right now. The fear and greed index hit just a 36 today, we're, we hit all-time highs in the mega caps. We, earlier in the session, we had all-time highs in the NASDAQ, in the S&P. Um, so that's just not how bull markets end. They end with investors in euphoria mode, thinking that the market can't head any lower from here. And that's just not the situation that we're in right now. And we believe that the fact that our market hasn't fallen further and does remain at these all-time high levels just provides more proof of the strength that this market has right now and feels very much to us like this rising tide that we have seen is about to lift all boats. Uh, so again, not what we saw after Q1 earnings, that buy the rumor, sell the news event. We think that this is a Really a great, almost perfect storm for a big move higher, especially with this many people hesitant to be in the market, either maybe not necessarily bearish, but on the sidelines. Um, so on that note, let's take a look at our markets on the day today. We did finish with all four of our major sectors down on the day, small caps leading the way lower here. So not, not what you want to see down 1.88% to 2,238 we were followed there by the NASDAQ, which earlier in the session was our leader. As I mentioned earlier, did hit an all-time high earlier in the day today, but finishing down 0.38% to 14,677. Next up was the S&P 500, also touching an all-time high earlier in the session. And saw this just before the podcast and wanted to make sure I got this on. Because as I just said earlier, uh, when you see the market at all-time highs like this, it's not a bearish occurrence. And as we say here all the time, new highs beget new highs. So here's some more proof of that. While we didn't close at an all-time high today, before today, we saw the S&P 500 close at all-time highs in 10 out of the last 12 sessions. So historically, going back, the S&P has either hit 10 consecutive days of an all-time high or done it 10 days out of 12 like we just saw. That's happened 11 other times. So that's a, you know, a fairly significant number there. 12 might seem like an arbitrary number. This is from Bespoke. They said the same. It, but the point is getting 10 consecutive days of all-time highs in this short a period of a time. And what was so interesting here is that 
nine out of those 11 times, so 82% of the time, the S&P 500 was higher one year later with average gains of 9.1% and median gains of 14%. So again, supporting evidence here that all-time highs are not a bearish occurrence. And again, 82% of the time, the S&P is higher one year later. So lastly here for for our major indexes, the Dow... Uh, down three-tenths of 1% to 34,888. Next up, looking at our internals on the day. This is one area where we've been talking about it for a few weeks now. Is a little concerning. We want to see some improvement here. Uh, now, again, very similar to our indexes, the NYSE advanced decline line was just 60 issues away, 60 stocks away advancing net from an all-time high yesterday. So we're still right there. We backed away further from it today, as I'll get to here in a second. But we are in that all-time high range. Certainly want to see these numbers improve. Uh, But we did continue to get mixed internals today. So looking at our advanced decline line, uh, we finished roughly 3 to 1 negative on the day. That's both NYSE and the NASDAQ, just under that level. Uh, new 52-week highs to lows do remain our bright spot here. 262 stocks hitting 52-week highs to just 90 stocks hitting 52-week lows. And lastly here, volume. Coming in roughly 2.5 to 1 negative for the NYSE, but we were able... Oh, no, slight refresh here at the end. A couple minutes before the close, we had positive volume on the NASDAQ. It did come in negative here on the day-to-day. Next up, taking a look at our sectors, also not what you want to see. I think we could get a big bounce back tomorrow. That just kind of occurred to me. We saw this last week as well where it started to get a little this bearish feeling and it was the bottom for the week last week and we rallied into the close of the week. It has a very similar feel Uh but hey, that's not VRA investing system there. So uh, we'll keep moving. But on a positive note, the one sector that did finish higher is just what you want to see tech and tech XLK, the tech uh, ETF hit an all time high today as well. So the Q's just barely, barely finishing negative on the day down 0.02%. So tech looking strong here. The semis were down, uh, but. All-time highs, again, not a bearish occurrence. Our laggards on the day were real estate, consumer discretionary, and financials. Interesting after the great beats this morning from the banks. But we did also get intraday highs from some of these sectors as well, like communication services. So again, not all bad. Uh, And then finally for today, our VRA commodity watch. Gold now up on the day. Let me get a final number here. Sorry, one second. Gold, yes, still higher on the day, up 0.09% to $1,807 an ounce. Uh, But the key that I wanted to focus on for this area today was the miners. You know, if you've been tuning in with us here for some time, we really like the miners a lot. We track this group closely because when gold is ready to run, this is the group that outperforms gold. And we saw that outperformance today. GDX, the mining ETF, up 1.15%. But here is what's so interesting from this group. You look at it on a chart, look at a one-year chart, and it looks like we're seeing a downtrend. We got a little spike after the March lows, and then it looked like it was going to resume a little bit. But 
you zoom out a little bit to a four-year chart or so, and you see that the mining sector has been in an uptrend since September of 2018 and has made a great uh, channel upwards. And right now is just at the bottom of that trend line. It did dip below it after coronavirus insanity. It was only there for a month, though, before it got right back to its pre-COVID levels. Really a quick bounce uh, from the miners. But again, right there at the bottom of that long-term trend line, that uptrend. Uh, So we love to see and expect to see the miners rally from here. One technical aspect from the VRA investing system, we are now just, let's see here. Yeah, about two points away, a little less than that, from the 200-day moving average right now. That really is the lone negative From the VRA investing system on the fundamental side, we love this group, just like we were talking about with inflation earlier, uh, when that finally, that rooster comes home to roost a little bit, uh, gold and the miners are going to soar. So we want to see you get back above that 200-day moving average level, but we like this uh, multi-year uptrend that we have seen from this group so far. Next up, silver, now down on the day by 0.67% to $26 an ounce. Copper copper down as well, 0.63% to $4.28 a pound. Oil now up on the day, up 1.69% to $75.38 a barrel. And lastly for today, Bitcoin now down 1.27% to to $32,390. Folks, that is all that we have time for here today. Please be sure to subscribe to receive our VRA podcast every day at the market close. You can sign up at VRAinsider.com. Click the podcast link at the top, and we'd love to have you with us. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, we'll see you back here tomorrow for the close.